0: American football in Finland.
1: The voice in your ears is perfect purpose and this is American football in Finland. Today I'm joined by my co-host coach Q. Q what's going on? What's up? We back once again. The AFF podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. The American Football and Feeling podcast is now available on more than thirty different platforms. Wherever you listen, be sure to rate us. Anything less than five stars will tell us that you are a hater. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFF community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. T-I-F And never forget T. I F so it's first down and in light of what happened from us recording on a Sunday last week and then games getting canceled and then finding out certain people weren't going to be playing games. We're not doing a normal first down, For this first down we're going to talk about what everybody want to hear. And we're going to talk about <laughs> Lee Anthony reason over and what happened, how it impacts the league. Uh, Q, uh, just want to hear your thoughts on it first off, uh, about what went down and how you feel about
0: it. Um, From from what I heard, uh, I think the the punishment was excessive, in my opinion. Um, You only have, what, how many games? 10, 12?
1: 12 games. games. I think they played three. 12
0: games. They played three already. Uh, Supposedly, allegedly, I guess it was a four-game suspension For something that happens for something that happened after the game, Uh, this is why I think that it was excessive because it happened after the game. Um, If you want to find the team, if you want to suspend them for a game, um, then okay. But this is more like they were trying to make a statement. um, In which I, I, I I mean, viewers didn't see it, then it wasn't really a reason statement, you know. Like didn't really see it, you just heard about it. So a four-game suspension is ridiculous in this matter because. That's a punch. supposed to be a punch. Uh, There's worse things that you can do, (laughs) you know, if all that, then that. And then to be in – during the game, I can understand, but four is a little excessive, in my opinion. That heavily impacts the Corpio season, like heavily. If he stays there and misses four games, yes, they probably still can win some games, but that's a big difference of a season. Um, So I think that was just real – I think that was very excessive. Surprising that it happened. I know in the heat of the moment, um, sometimes in, in games like this when you lose and there's some chirping going on, uh, you get a little over, overwhelmed sometimes and, and maybe you lose your cool. But I think you take that as, okay, we'll punish him or let Corpio decide what they want to do um, and go forward with it. But a four-game suspension is just ridiculous in my mind. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff happen in Finland and and – you know, they make the rules. They they call it or whatever. But I just think it heavily affected the Corpio team and the league. It's just, I mean, that's the best player, pretty much top two players in the league. Not saying that he's excluded from being pushed, but four games, that's a lot, man. Like, literally, that's a lot. Like, that's almost half the man's season. So, um yeah, I, I didn't like it, and it's crazy, but it's, it shook up the, the league, and it's up in the air now. Like. <laughs> Yeah, the, the championship, the, the, the playoffs, everything is up in the air right
1: now. For, uh, yeah. Across, and, <laughs> yeah, man, just to add on, I mean, I just my thoughts on the whole situation is obviously. And I, I think I'm one of the people that I don't want to mislead anybody. I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know. And I'm not going to act like I do. But I also feel like there's a lot to this story that we just won't ever know. Um. The fact that anyone got suspended for four games. I don't I, I can't speak for the totality of football in Finland, obviously, but this podcast is on year six. Uh, I've been watching football here's um no, this podcast is year seven. Is it year seven? I think it's year seven, six or seven, something like that. But I've been watching football here for almost eight years now, and in this time the the only large, you know, suspensions that I've seen is, you know, the Charles Ward thing. I think he got, he was banned for a year for that, right, or something like that, mm-hmm. which made sense because yeah. he swung off with. I think he swung a helmet on someone who didn't have a helmet. I think he took off somebody's helmet and then swung off on him. That was yeah. him and Roman I Runner.
0: I don't even think Roman Runner wasn't even that bad. I don't even think they suspended him for that many games, did it?
1: No, I don't. I don't think Roman Runner got suspended. Was Roman Runner the one that did that? Shoot, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> Roman Roman threw his helmet. Okay. Roman threw through his helmet, and that's the that's the one I'm thinking of, like probably the worst that I've seen. Yeah. And if that, yeah. I I think he whoever that was, I don't know why I said Charles Ward. Sorry, I didn't mean to put Ward <laughs> out there like that. He <laughs> might threw what, it at Charles Ward. He, he threw it, it at Charles Ward. Ward. Okay, I don't <laughs> remember the situation that well. I just remember someone threw a helmet at somebody, mm. and I think they got suspended for a year. And I think that is yeah. justifiable because of the the physical implications you know that's so dangerous cuz if you hit someone with a helmet that that could be the end of you know them but when you're talking about someone who punches somebody uh in the field of the game throwing a punch yeah you should lose the rest of that game and the next game after a game throwing a punch you should lose the next game i could even see you saying you know It's malicious intent to throw a punch afterwards because you know it has nothing to do with the game. It's not heat of the battle. It's a calculated move. Two games. I can get that. But four games, that makes no sense. And before the league put out anything and before the Steelers put out anything, everyone knew that he was gone. And there was a lot of rumors. Uh, He decided to leave. He left because of the suspension. Him and the team got into it. I've heard a lot of different stories. I don't really care what any of them is but we do know that this season is going to be much different than what it would have been if he would have stayed on that. And mm-hmm. so it, in in my opinion, I don't think it's great. I, I think it's actually bad for the league as a whole, because there's going to be a lot of rumors going around more than facts and a lot of speculation about what could have been. And, you mm-hmm. know, no matter who wins or who loses, how things could have been different. And, you know, those will be excuses. Oh, well, because of this, like, it's gonna do that for the rest of the season. The rest, I mean, yeah. we're gonna to try to ignore it the best we can. But the rest of the season, you're gonna look at the Steelers and say, "Well, if this would have been different," or you're gonna gonna look at you know certain games and say, "Oh, well, if this would have been different." And it's only because of a situation that I think just got out of hand too fast. There wasn't enough control mm-hmm. around. Um, I think it's yeah. one of the situations where if if you know people had been put in check during the game, maybe after the game they wouldn't have felt so you know. Hostile. Yeah. To, yeah. to be upset at, in, the, in that game from a week ago, Croc- was against Steelers, there had to be something going on throughout the game because yeah. Crocodiles dominated. So for there to be someone throwing a punch after handshaking, there had to be some type of cheekiness going on from – I think both sides throughout the game. And that's something that needs to be Mm -hmm. checked by team personnel, referees, et cetera. But if you don't, then something like this happens and we're in the situation. But Mm -hmm. we won't, you know, dwell on too much, but, you know, we will miss him, Anthony, reason over this season and wish him the best of luck wherever he lands or whatever he decides to do next. Uh, Can't speak for, you know, what happened on the field, but from my interactions with him, he's a quality guy. Great character. If you ever need a reference from me, you know he'll get one. When people ask me about running backs, he'll get a, he'll get a positive uh, mm. cosign. But that's all I can say about it. it
0: will be in Germany somewhere, ELF or something. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go. He's <laughs> a good dude. Good, good, good dude though, man. So it's such a yeah. situation, man, that you see. You no, know, it, it that very, very, very impacts. It has a big impact on Corpio's projected season. And yeah. it's almost like, it, and and actually, like you said, it's going to be a lot of rumors. Somebody paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody, somebody paid for this, man. Four games, man. Like, but either way, you just try to it, to all the buttons. Just try to find yourself, you know, not getting it, getting into situations like that, and just keep it on the field for the most part, man. You know, you're gonna talk noise and, and, and enjoy the sport. But Finland, you know, it, it's still football. It's fun. You know, enjoy enjoy the trash talk, but when the game's over, let's shake hands. We can keep the trash talk going all season if you want to. It just makes for better football. But, you know, you don't want to find
1: yourself in situations like this. Yeah, it, it's also one of those things like, I mean, I think me and you would have a unique view on it that you can only – I'm trying not to get too much into it, but everybody out here who's listening will understand that Some people, some some people in this world, they they're waiting for you to mess up. They're waiting for you to slip, and they're they're waiting Mm -hmm. for a certain type of person to slip. And he happened to fit the bill, you know. Like it's one of those situations where there's nobody. I mean, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I don't think anybody would assume that if this had been someone else throwing a punch at the end of the game, that they would got a four game suspension and that we'd be in this situation. I don't think.
0: It's the San Yogi lineman today, so yeah, <laughs> the same one who got ejected for throwing a punch. Yeah, uh, he played in the game today, so I don't understand how these you, you know.
1: I'm assuming play. that they appealed it and won the appeal or something. I'm, I'm assuming he didn't connect, he didn't connect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe he didn't connect. He got bad aim, so you know that that worked yeah. out for him. But again, it's one of those situations. I think you you kind of uh, hit it on it a little bit when you're trying to give some advice to people that are listening, especially guys who aren't. Um, domestic players. Um, just remember that, you know, you are held to a higher standard. Um, yeah. the reason being a lot of reasons. I won't get into them. I think there's a specific reason, but this is not that type of podcast. So we let it ride and we'll get into the show now. So. Players of the week have been announced on our social media channels earlier this week, but of course we want to get into our our picks this week. There's only two games, but we did see a few players that stood out first player for offensive player of the week, Isaac Marshall. I'm going to change his position to athlete for the Quobio Steelers Uh, stat wise. He had 16 carries 76 yards and a touchdown. Then he had three receptions, 27 yards to me. Isaac Marshall kind of stepped up for this team that was down two running backs. They lost their first and second string running back from the week before. And Isaac originally is a running back, but he's been playing receiver for the Steelers for almost three seasons now. And he looked good at running back. He looked natural. He, he was fast, quick, made good decisions, had great field vision, got them yards. He averaged almost five yards a touch. Honestly, him and Noah Cho, my hats go off to both of them for stepping up and and doing a really good job. I mean, I honestly think he could have just been a running back, but he also had some important catches. His stats, only three receptions for 27 yards. I feel like he caught, like, five balls for 80, like when I was watching the game. I don't know if maybe (laughs) some got called back, but when he caught passes, they were, like, important passes. You know, I know he says he only got three receptions, but I'm – I'm just going to assume that on each one of the receptions, he got a first down. Like every time he caught the ball, it was like pivotal for them to move the ball. And then on, mm-hmm. on the running back side, again, he kept them going in a way that we didn't really think they were going to be able to do losing their top two running backs. And just kudos to um, Isaac Marshall for just showing up and, you know, doing what his team needed from him in this game. You, you got any thoughts mm-hmm.
0: on him? No, you, you just go off of what you said uh he did get some, some nice little gashes of yards um, to keep some drives going for him. Um, he was about the most positive thing on their offense all day, the um, most consistent thing. So he definitely stepped in. He kept them. He was a part of why they did, you know, eventually you know win the game because they just couldn't stop um, his little dinky-dink four or five yards <laughs> that he was getting, you know, yeah. and, and he, they couldn't get off the field like, like they needed to. But um, he's he deserving of it, you know, a real standout. Uh, and just big ups to him for, for doing what his, his team needed for this game. So yeah, he definitely balled.
1: Yeah. And then on the, the defensive side, we're actually still going from the same game. Um, defensive back number 27, Andy Vetta from the UNC Crusaders. He had three and a half tackles, three PBUs, one interception. Um, just from what I saw, he, he got a lot of action. He got a lot of yeah. action, and he was able to be successful. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, Vera in this game? I, I,
0: th- I think they might have they might have cheated him a little bit on the pass breakups because I think he had more than that. Yeah, uh, it looked like he more. was. Yeah, he stopped a lot of uh, third downs, a lot of third downs, second and longs, third downs. He was there. Breakups like the man, uh, right there, um, had the corpio import receiver on on, on stilts for the most part. <laughs> like he. He he played great. That was a great game from him. Like I I hope he knows like that 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 showed a lot. Um because yeah. you need you need guys like that um show up against teams like Corpio who show up against the better teams who is afraid to make those type of plays and not and he did get a, a PI call. You know what I mean? It's hard to like really be there um, for those pass breakups and not get PI calls. So he definitely balled out there. Their whole secondary actually played pretty good, I think. They had one corner who had a long day, but for the most part, uh, him and RJ held it down. Um, yeah, on the defense, but definitely he definitely was deserving. Um, RJ had some big interceptions too, so he could have probably been up there. But um, buddy, he balled, and yeah. great game for you, man. Great game.
1: It's always it's something when you play cornerback, and like I said, like they didn't shy away from him. Like it, it's not like. He had, like, two breakups. He had an interception and three PBUs. That's four passes defense, yeah. I and mean, he probably had closer to seven in this game. Yeah. We were talking about it. That's hard to do and be successful because most guys who end up, like, even someone like RJ who had two interceptions in this game, he, I mean, he maybe got the ball thrown his way, like, three times. Like, that's usually what you get mm-hmm. when you're being successful. He was successful, and they still kept trying him, and that's just yeah. perseverance. and um Eddie Vetta, just letting you know, man, you he might be working your way up to that All Finland team this year because you know a yeah, yeah, he, he back, he definitely. Yeah, defensive backs, I'm I'm looking too because I haven't seen a lot. So having a standout game like that puts you on top of the radar. and Now we're gonna keep watching you um, every time you play against a good receiver. So uh, shout out to uh, both the players of the week. Calling all you skills players quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties. If you were born between 2009 and 2003, this midsummer is your opportunity to shine. We'll be hosting our annual AFF Nordic Challenge 7 vs. 7 tournament in Helsinki on June 21st. Top performers will be selected to join the AFF Team Revo 7v7 travel team that will be competing internationally in the autumn season. Team Revel will also play for the European Championship in the spring of 2024. Due to field availability, registration will close once we meet the maximum number of participants. So head over to our website and sign up today. Registration can be completed at americanfootballinfinland.com forward slash Nordic Dash Challenge. So we know what happened in the last two games. <laughs> But let's go over each one and kind of talk about who won or lost. Steelers versus uh, Crusaders, man. Did the Steelers win or did the Crusaders lose it? What do you think?
0: Crusaders lost this game.
2: Thank you. Crusaders. Okay. I'm glad you the said
1: UNC that. Crusaders
0: lost this game. Their defense kept them in the game mm-hmm. the whole game. Kept them in the game the whole game. You get three turnovers, four turnovers. And you got to put those into points. All they needed was like 14 points to 21 points, and they would have won this game. They really should have blew Corpio out. i will to be honest; they should have blew Corpio out. The quarterback for UNC played horrible. I'm glad you said this is what like second, second, third game. You he he played horrible. Like I'm not a quarterback, but I know I could have probably made some of those throws that he missed. Had said wide open a few times. Had RJ open a few times. Just bad balls. Um, throwing it all up like he just didn't care. Did you um,
1: I, Did you see? Did you see like there are so many balls like they're throwing like slants. Slants my man. And he throwing them behind the receivers. All these receivers almost every time they threw the ball, they just got the head down, shaking it and walking back to the hood. Yeah, like,
0: yeah, you seen the body language is terrible. The like body what language is supposed terrible.
1: To do. And the yeah, worst like, part, they're open. Like it, this was not a game that the crew, this is not a game that, when you look at the schedule, that the Crusaders were supposed to be able to get a win from. But due to unforeseen circumstances, they should have won this game, and they should have won it easily. The way that the Steelers' offense was playing, I'm just going. I'm just going to tell you exactly what my notes say on Cornelius Kinchin, the quarterback, weak link for the offense. Reason they lost: inaccurate throws, doesn't run, doesn't give them a chance to win. I, I just. I've tried so far the season not to be too negative on the guy, but he he was the reason they lost. I think their defense played really good, just like you said. Um, R.J. played the game of his life. I know stat wise it might not been one of his best, but yeah. that guy did everything. On defense and he did. offense. He was, <laughs> yeah. he played safety. He got two picks. He touchdown. was, he was making tackles too. I don't know what his stats was, but he was active in the, in the, um, run support. Like he was out there. Number eight was out there. And then on offense, he was getting open. And even when they finally, when they finally got a touchdown from him, he had to do it with one hand because the dude was holding. Yeah. Him. They, they didn't call P.I. I don't know why they didn't. Well, I guess because he scored, but, and, that was when they finally got the ball to him where he couldn't make a catch because he had been yeah. open all game. And I feel, I feel really bad for RJ because I feel like he is doing way more than what he needs to for this team average.
0: Yeah, average yeah. quarterbacks. Pace. He got to go. He got to go.
1: He got to go. The defense did really I'm good, in. though. Yeah, defense played great.
0: Defense played good. I mean, against Corpio, they got gassed a little bit. They added some. Uh, USC had added a D lineman. He had some work. that yeah, he got done. He got done in there, so. I think they're putting together these right pieces to to actually help them be one of the better teams. I like, um, but they definitely should have stole, they, they should have stole this. Game. They should have stole this one. I like, I like, did,
1: I like what they did with the Dante Edwards, uh, the D lineman number 25. They put him at linebacker a few times kind of that mm-hmm. way he wouldn't be away from the play he could kind of work to it i think that helped them stop the run at certain times early in the game and then when it was past situations he went down to dn and he was able to he was able to beat the steelers uh tackles pretty much all game mm-hmm. but it was just yeah. if the play wasn't going that way he wasn't as effective so they put him at linebacker where he could read the play and not have to get up field so fast i think the Crusader defense they, they're making some strides and this game kind of showed it and proved it that they're they're working towards getting better. But I feel like we're just gonna have to keep saying, like, it don't matter if you can't score. If your quarterback can't yeah. get the ball to people. Like even even the passes to the running back, they had a that one screen pass where oh, I mean I think Oh my God. If he could have just <laughs> toss the ball to a running back, Seth was going to make it happen. Like, Seth Rowland, he still led the team in rushing and receiving for the third time this season. But, <laughs> like, you just – you got to figure out a way to get – I don't know if they need to have the quarterback move around more. Have they the got to get him out of different. there.
0: It's only one thing they can do, <laughs> purpose and get him a ticket back there. to the crib. This just yeah. wasn't – this just wasn't the idea that they had in mind. I'm mm-hmm. sure from the film they probably thought they would be, um, but film can be decisive, you know, it, it can, it, it can, you, they can disguise themselves in that film, man, like and the, and the dude probably is a good player, I can see little spurts of him that actually can make plays, but like you got RJ, you got Seth, you got Seth on your offense, there's no reason why you shouldn't be scoring any touchdowns, like there's no reason, especially against this Scorpio team who just took a big blow, you know, they took a yeah. big blow um, and this is when you Got to get them when they when they they just lost their best player on a team. Like you got to take
1: advantage of that. This was this that game. game. Certain. This was that yeah, game yeah, that like... could have like put them in the play. Like this is that game that they're gonna look back and be like, if we're one game out of the playoffs, this was the game. This this was the game that would have you know put us. Oh, like hold on. They, they, had right a clo- they had a close game against the Butchers too, though. Like they they were down nineteen fourteen against the Butchers a yeah. half, and like, that's mm-hmm. two that's two weeks. You got to win one of these games. I might have to start calling them Dallas Cowboys. I don't know. They got got talent. Like, we ain't no denying the talent they got, but they got to be able to do something with it. Uh, But you know what? That's a good segue because we're talking mostly Steelers. I mean, mostly Crusaders over here. Let's talk about the Steelers quarterback. uh, Andrew Johansson, who who had, uh, let me see, three interceptions and one fumble he averaged one turnover every quarter. Mm. He had an interception in the first, interception in the second, fumble in the third, interception in the fourth. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I if, let me talk about this first. Uh, his confidence was shot. I think, think so? I think reason over, I think reason over being not there is is like your scapegoat is where you know you don't have to win the game, necessarily. Yeah. But this game I think he took it upon himself to feel like I have to. A lot of the, the interceptions that he threw at the guy that I floated the ball like I don't know if Ambro know the history of RJ Long. Um, <laughs> if 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 the Maple League kept if they kept records of teams that are no were no longer uh, in the league and and I'm going they back do to keep, 2000. They
1: do keep record. You just let me know what okay. year I go find it.
0: Okay. So, so 2000. This is my my year coaching the 69. Sixty Five. was 2015, I believe. Um, RJ had 10 interceptions that season. I believe itself um and it all was because of quarterbacks doing what they were doing like they don't look off receivers um he's a receiver so he knows how to read read and go get the ball but anyway mm-hmm. ambrose i don't know why he tried him or why he was throwing the ball the way he was throwing it i don't know if it's because of the rain the ball was wet i don't know what it was but uh um, his confidence got shot you could tell it just was not that he can make those intermediate routes he can make those throws any day out of the, out of the week but as far as deep routes it's just not his thing it, it wasn't happening at least anywhere in between the seams, it's not happening. And um, he had a—I mean, my goodness, R- had RJ had game. eight
1: interceptions in 2015. I just looked up his stats. Sorry. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I knew it was about. So I knew it was. But he, did he did lead the it league though. Been Ten. He, he had been 10. They took. They, but he did lead the league, and he had two touchdowns on him too. You know, it, it's Ambrose just
0: get better. Obviously, I think we we looking at it as he's a quarterback, of the court bills, so we I kind of sometimes is better than the average quarterback, but he's still. He's not playing better than the average
1: quarterback, though. Like, that's the thing is yeah. the the Ambrose that we saw that, that came in very seldomly for the Helsinki Roosters looked like he would be a better than average quarterback, which when you put yeah. a better than average quarterback on the Steelers team, they win this game by two touchdowns. He's not playing mm-hmm. better than average. He's playing worse than average. And we got to yeah. be realistic. In the three games they played this season, what does he have? Six interceptions? Yeah. You're. I mean, that's not good. Like, at, at least if I look on the other side, the uh, kitchen guy, he might not be winning them games. I mean, he probably losing them games too, but I mean, he's not just giving away the ball so many times. Like in this game, four turnovers by your quarterback. That goes back to what we said about the Roosters guy when he had four turnovers. But this is Ambro doing four turnovers after doing three turnovers. Didn't throw three mm-hmm. like a week or two ago? Like the numbers are stacking up in a way that you're saying, why are we still like putting him in this position? Why are we allowing him to make these that's my real question? And I know in this game you're shorthanded, so you feel like they didn't they didn't really have to do a lot of these. They did not have to. Um, this offense has has seen success getting the ball to Vincent McDonald without getting him downfield. Throw this throw this yeah. big ass receiver <laughs> a hitch and watch him work. Like, you do not have to do corner routes and posts and fades. Like, throw a hitch, throw a shallow, throw a crossing route, and let this big man work. And same thing with mm-hmm. Hanes Haryu. He runs routes. Have him run some crossers. He don't have to run everything downfield. No offense to the uh, Crusaders, but they weren't going to stop no crossing routes. They weren't going to sh- stop nothing yeah. short. And let Ambrose work in that area. Like you said, he could throw medium range, but it's those balls that go over 10 to 12 yards. That's where you have an issue when he mm-hmm. has to put it in the right spot. And he does it. Um, I want to say like all the throws are pretty much bad, except for the last interception where it bounced off of um, Hannes Haryu and then popped up into the air and then uh, RJ got it. But other than that, I mean, that one was on point. It actually hit his receiver, but the rest of them just bad throws and, I'm not trying to blame him as a quarterback, but I do feel that you got to put him in a better situation. If you know that he's going to be limited, his, his deep ball mm-hmm. is not accurate at this point in his career. It can get better, but there's no point in forcing it saying, Oh, we're just going to get the kinks out. If he can't throw it now, he can't throw it. Like there's, it doesn't matter how much you play. He's not going to be able to throw it. I said earlier in the season that that one game where he had four touchdowns to Honda's, Haru... Three of them were underthrown, and mm-hmm. but Huntis was like wide open and took a couple of them from defenders in this game. You don't have your receivers being able to make those type of plays for you, and look what happened. It's just one of those things. Like they, the Steelers have to move on from this project with Aaron. I'm not saying move on from him. I'm saying you can't keep treating him like he's an import quarterback, putting him in situations yeah. like you would do an import, having him throw it thirty times a game. That's not. That shouldn't be their role even without reason over a running back, he still should not be throwing 30 times a game. They ha- We saw t- in this last game, they have enough people who can carry the ball well enough for this team that they don't have to do that. So why mm-hmm. do that and risk of uh, your team not developing? Because in this game, this was bad football. Like, t- in my opinion, both sides, this was not good football. I feel like the Crusaders benefited from the Steelers playing bad defensively. I give them credit because they did have to play, but Steelers look like crap. And then the Crusaders <laughs> couldn't capitalize because their offense is worse, much worse with a quarterback. that can't get it to their receivers, which is their, their bread and butter. And you got two teams that are set up to score certain ways. and They weren't able to do it. And I guess it kind of goes, in my opinion, it goes to your coaching at this point is how are you not able to get the ball to your playmakers? I mean, and now mm-hmm. I'm talking to both teams, not just Steelers or Crusaders. Like, both of these teams have playmakers on offense. I think defensively they both did what they could. But for the Crusaders, you got some of the best receivers in the game and a running back who is doing everything. How are you not able to get them the ball and get scores from them? And And did you have RJ playing defense. He had an interception. He wishes he would have scored when he ran it back. He got them down to like the 20 some yard line, and they couldn't score. Same thing for the Steelers. Yep. They're moving the ball. Two of those interceptions in the red zone. And then the third, where he fumbled the ball, he fumbled it on his own, like, 20 some yard line. Like, these are just bad plays. And that's what this whole game was. One team doing bad, and then the other team doing bad. Then one team doing bad, then the other team doing bad. It's just not yeah. It's not good for anything. I, I feel like I'm going back to the reason over thing because I feel like if reason <laughs> over was here, it would have been 48-0, I would have only watched the first half, and we'd be done talking about it. But it's upsetting <laughs> me that this is what I had to watch. What was it, a Friday? Was it a Thursday night game too? Yeah, you yeah. Know my Thursday night watching this thing. It was only 7-0 at half, so I had to watch the whole second half, and then it was, what, 13-7 to for the final of the game. But I, I'm going to leave it alone, man. Let's move to the next <laughs> game. Hey, I know I'm getting upset. <laughs> so, the second game was the Sunday night game, Crocodiles versus Butchers. Who do you think won or lost this one? Ooh,
0: Crocodiles won um, fair and square. Yeah. Better team on defense side of the ball and offensive side of the ball. Um, they're the most complete team. Big, mm-hmm. big... Uh, Big interception return for Eric Irvin. He's been, he's, I mean, right now, Eric probably, uh, I don't want to say deep, like to put it out there as far as defensive player of the year, but he had a lot of blocks, punt blocks, kickoff, field goal blocks, like some big plays. So right yeah. now, Eric Irvin is doing exactly what the Crocs brought him over there to do. He's it's, active every game. He's doing something that's impacting the game every game. It's, it's crazy that he's,
1: it's, it's, yeah, interesting, it's interesting to see him do that coming from that Wolverines team last year that we expected more from their secondary. And it seemed like they just didn't put him in the right spot. And he goes to the crocodiles. And like you said, in this game, he was active that interception. That wasn't no, oh it just happened to come to me. He went and took it. He broke on that ball. And that was, that's all she wrote. He got good speed. But like you said, like he's making plays all over the field, not just, you know, in the passing game, but he's also making blocks. He's active in tackling as usual. Yeah, he's definitely putting his name in in the ballot for Defensive Player of the Year. That's for sure.
0: Oh yeah, he he's been balling, man. I I can't even I can't even take it away from him. But just the fact of 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 what he gives the team now, um, the Crocs look like the best team in the league right now. I can't even yeah. lie; they yeah. look like the best team in the league. Um, they're they're sound. Um, this is what happens when you have a plan and you plan this two three years out. Now you're reaping the benefits of it. A lot of teams don't like to wait to get to this point, but if it means so much more when you have to calculate and, and get a guy like Powell and make him comfortable, and then you bring Zach Whitehead in, and he's there. And it's like he doesn't have to have these crazy 300, 400-yard passing games. He doesn't have to throw the ball 30 times a game. Their, their defense is solid. Front seven is solid. Um, the Crocs are just doing what they have to do to keep, you know, keep staying healthy, and getting themselves out of these games, they go up, they score, they kick field goals, this is a complete team. Yeah. You know? So at the end of the day, sometimes, like, you know, you don't have to have a secondary full of just big-name people. You don't have to have your D-line stacked with all these people. But if you put the right pieces together on the The D-line right team, is
1: kind of stacked, though. <laughs> yeah, D- okay, so the D-line is stacked. But,
0: I mean, as far as, like, like they're just a team of, I think, egoless players. Um, and they're showing it and they're winning. They should be undefeated. They should be undefeated at this point. Uh, but they're up what three one now. So they're they're in the they're in the catbird seat. As Shannon Sharp would say, they're in the catbird seat. So, um, uh, shout out to the Crocs, man. They 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 doing what they're supposed to do.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna talk about long honestly because I feel like I mean, you said it all. They're the most complete team right now and they showed it. They, they this game, they. They beat them like they beat the Steelers. <laughs> Just went out there and did it. <laughs> but uh, got a little bit of time. To talk about the uh, Dallas Cowboys in the league. You know what? We might have to stop calling them Dallas Cowboys because that team they ain't got it. Um, mm. they, they do not have it. What I saw from this team today is a team that doesn't have any depth. Um, the Butchers we we've seen them be really good, but in this game, you know, no Mickey J. Uh, no Bikimbe Kearney, uh no Robert Carlson, uh, who else you don't have? No Nick, Nico Penanen. Like, you're missing mm. all these players in a game that really will let you know where you are in the season and you, you don't have them. So we don't know what their team is because now they're they're missing mm. players that could have made them better, could have made this a more competitive game. They just start moving people around because they didn't have people. Nico Royco playing at cornerback, I mean, I understand what they're trying to do, but that's not a good spot for him. And then they got their – three of their receivers are playing in their defensive back and playing on the receiver side. Like, Iro, Lu, Lucas Arella, Christian Cottonen, and uh, Miko Seppinen, that's your three top receivers, all playing defense and offense in this game. And then at some, at some point in the game, Zach Wright comes over and starts playing running back. The Butchers, they – They didn't want they didn't try to win this game. And that's what really upsets me. I I feel like even the Dallas Cowboys try to win games, but this team, they didn't have the depth. And now their best players are getting spread too thin in a game that they already even if they didn't have to play both ways, it was going to be tough. But once you had once I saw those guys playing both ways, like, oh, this is just formality. They're trying to get through the game. They're not trying to win the game. They're trying to make it to the to the next game. Uh, but I do want to give a shout-out to the running back, number 22. I can't remember his name. It's like Heavenin or something like that. He looked good. A uh, young guy could 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 run. Uh, he's still no Mickey J, and I think that's one of those things. Like, if you had both of them, Mickey J could have helped on defense, and maybe the, the young kid could have still had a good rushing game or, you know, change of speed with two backs. But, again, the – Butchers really just, they didn't try to win this game, in my opinion. And I know they're going to say, you know, we had to play shorthanded. We didn't have this. We didn't have that. That's always the case. It's football. You don't always get your best roster every week. You don't always get healthy players every game. But if you're not prepared for this type of stuff, I know this was a lot, because you're missing, I guess, a, a couple guys at different positions. That's a lot to handle. But The fact that you were placing with guys who are already on one side of the ball lets us know that you didn't really have a plan. Came into the season saying, you know, these are our best guys and this is what we're going to play with. You got a team of, (laughs) what, it takes 11 on the field. If you have 11 guys on offense and four of those guys are also playing defense, what are you playing with, 16 players? Like maybe 20, 25 tops? Like that's going to be hard to beat anybody, let alone – the best team in the league, which I guess we call the Crocodiles now, right? The best team in the league. So you're going to play the best team in the league, and you're not going to give me your best shot. I, I take offense to that, and I feel like they don't deserve to be called the Dallas Cowboys anymore because of it. <laughs> but I'm going to keep calling them that because I think they understand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and guess who joined us? Chris Green. Welcome to the show,
2: man. Yo, What's up? <laughs>
1: Uh, we as people should know, especially from listening to the last show, we record on Sundays, man. So Chris is still out there winning games sometimes. So he jumped on late. But uh any last things about this Butchers Crocodiles game before we get out of here? I no? mean, who was it? Who
2: was it? Who was who it? Who made the comment um pre-game and said they want to get rid of this Dallas Cowboys?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was, <laughs> was, that was that right? an interview. Was right? Yeah. Yeah, it was Zach Wright. I did an interview with Zach Wright, and he put that in his in his answers. I I didn't I did not ask him about the Dallas Cowboys. He put that out there. I was like, I him.
2: and hey, like you say, they don't even deserve to be cool the Dallas Cowboys now, but they still the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Yeah, like I mean, we didn't think they were gonna win, but we didn't think they were gonna be this bad like in this game. And still, I just don't understand how it still fits the Dallas Cowboys because they're so up and down. We get a good game, we get a bad game. We get a good game, we get a bad game. But at this they point, should,
0: they just trade quarterbacks. Brandon Gordon could go to UNC. And uh, ooh, <laughs> ooh, I wish ooh. they could trade. I wish they could trade in the Maple League. I wish they, I wish we could do trades. If we That'd could do a trades, trade,
1: there are some trades that I would do. You know what we should do this year? I'm. I know we're just ramping on this one topic, but you know, at like the, the midsummer break or something, we should do like a hypothetical. What if, if you could trade like now in the middle of the season, like week six or week seven mm. or something, right? Like, yeah. What could we're in week what four? Let's get mm-hmm. to like week six or seven and then just do a segment about if teams could trade who and where. Let's we'll just do a random. One. Mean, we'll just do it.
2: I mean, teams can buy other players. You can trade like I did it when I played out there. I was on the Indians. I went to the Wolverines. Yeah, so I know.
1: Cool. I know it's possible, but it doesn't happen in the Maple League. Um, mm. When Sid went from the Wolverines to the UNC to uh to the Crusaders, that's the only time I've seen like a player like leave and go stay in the league in the same season. And I, I don't think he did a trade. I think I, – well, I don't know what happened. But, yeah, I, that's why we should do a show because maybe they can still do it because, like, week six or seven, you still got enough games, too, that you can play and stuff. But, yeah, we'll get into that later. (laughs) So, Maple League teams are back in action this week on Friday. We got Friday game, Royals versus Wolverines, and then the Butchers versus the Steelers on Saturday, and Crusaders play the Crocodiles on the Sunday night game, Sunday afternoon game. So, let's spend a little bit of time looking into each one of these matchups. First game, Royals versus Wolverines. Any interesting storylines, questions, y'all thinking about for this one?
2: How will uh, the Wolverine bounce back after this bye week? Because they've had a bye week now, trying to try and sort some problems out. Like, what what have they been doing in this bye week? You know, are they, they going to be
1: competitive in this game? I think they've been playing for their different one team. <laughs> right. I think that's what they did. That's All they did was they probably won a game. I don't know. I don't know if they actually won, but. They probably won the first division game, but they could get a, a one win for for the franchise. I wonder if I could find that stat wise. I don't know. What about, oh <laughs> what about like a matchup in this game? What are you guys thinking? What would be a, a important one to watch?
0: Hmm. Uh, I'd say Reels against uh, Timothy. Maybe that, maybe that, that spy game, Timothy of obviously try to move around um, when he can on that defense. So Reels, maybe. Having to having to watch him uh, in the game, but, and I and I think I think the Royals' offense will will do what it needs to do to win this game, though, and I think their defense will be pretty solid too. But I think Alpha uh, against this defense, young defense is going to be crazy. Oh wow, <laughs> they, yeah, I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. They'll get us. This will be a, a, a confidence. Not saying the Wolverines won't play. I think this will actually be a better game than we think, though. But I think overall, the Royals is a better team. They'll come out victorious on it. But I think this will be a time for Alpha to really get his feet under him and start doing the Alpha things that we used to see
1: in every game. So, um, yeah, Yeah, this is definitely one of the games where he's going to look like a creative player against those kids.
2: Hey, them them DBs are going to have their work cut out for them. That's for sure. They're going to be getting work this game.
1: Oh, and they might be tired because I think the the U-17 season started now, too. So they might you know be doubling up on those games. So I think the U-20 season just ended a couple weeks ago. But some of those kids are on the U-17 team as well. So you got a lot of games going on for the Wolverines playing U-17, Men's First Division, and Maple League all at the same time with pretty much the mm-hmm. same players. Oh, one interesting aspect for this game, finally, uh, I mean, I feel like it's been forever, but we will, We, I hope, I, I could be wrong actually, but we will finally get to see them in the blue jersey. We didn't get to see it last week because they canceled the game. <laughs> they couldn't get the field. Hopefully they get the field this week. I, I mean, I don't know what, I mean, it's a week later, but hopefully they get the field this week and we get to see the blue jerseys from the, oh. Royals. I'm excited about seeing those. I just want to see how it looks with the chrome numbers, the blue on the gold with the white helmet. Like it's a lot going Mm -hmm. on. It's a lot going on. Hopefully it works out for them. We'll get to the next game. Calling all youth skills players, quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties. If you were born between 2009 and 2003, this midsummer is your opportunity to shine. We'll be hosting our annual AFF Nordic Challenge 7 vs. 7 tournament in Helsinki on June 21st. Top performers will be selected to join the AFF Team Revo 7v7 travel team that will be competing internationally in the autumn season. Team Revo will also play for the European Championship in the spring of 2024. Due to field availability, registration will close once we meet the maximum number of participants. So head over to our website and sign up today. Registration can be completed at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash nordic dash challenge. <laughs> we can do this quickly. Uh, the second game of the weekend is going to be the Porvoo Butchers versus the Quabio Steelers. Anything interesting? I mean, what's a question or storyline for this one? Let's let's go anti. Um, Reason over. Let's, like, ignore that. What else can we talk about in this game?
2: <laughs> How many picks is Ambro going to throw? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ooh,
2: damn. That boy just be floating that ball up there for DBs to come take it. Oh, man. So mean, but so accurate. I, look,
1: yeah. I, I do I a, a, I mean, over, under, two picks. you probably get evens okay. for that. I, th- I, think I, think
0: could,
1: I think he throws. He's going
0: three again. Yeah, that's
1: that's why I say two is the over under. He's either gonna throw more or less than two. Two and a half, I guess, is where you put it at. <laughs> so he's like he can't get one, two and a half. I don't know. I don't think I don't think he throws that many against the butchers. I think I like I like Zach Wright to, you know, get a couple picks, but I think if they go heavy on the run, which I mean they should, and if they throw it to McDonald more than Haru and get the short stuff, I don't see the Butchers being able to get that many interceptions. But I'm optimistic. Mm. I still see one or two, though. I think that's the way it goes. What about key matchup? What's the matchup you guys think is gonna be good in this one? Oh, um,
0: I'll start off first. I'll say probably defensive line, defense, front seven against Brandon Grinner. Um mm. seeing the, Brandon Grinner obviously likes to run the ball. He will run the ball. Um I don't think he'll have much success on this defense because Leroy them are just he's just too active at the linebacker position. I don't think you can really run side to side on them. Um, if you do gash them, you got to gash middle. Mickey has to have a big game against them. Um, other than that, I think, I think Corpio still win this game. Um, I just think just they got too many people in the right place. Uh, but Porvo's defense has been pretty active. Also, they can't get turnovers. So if Ambrose is out there being careless with the ball, uh, Porvo can stay in this game from that. Um, So I think this will be, I don't think it'll be a blow or anything. I think it'll be maybe one, one touchdown, two touchdown win for Corpio. But I do think it'll be some turnovers. I think it'll be an exciting game Um, just because Corpio is still trying to figure out, they're, they're trying to go up, still go ahead with the season. We haven't heard of them signing anybody else yet. So um maybe they'll get some guys that's injured last week back. But uh, I think Corpio overall is a better team, but uh, poor boy has the ability to score points as long as Nico Sepp, Nico Sepp is still over there. Mickey Brandon Winter they always can score some points. So even Zach Wright he can get an offensive play. So uh, we'll see, see what happens.
1: I think I just I just I mean I don't want to talk about Dallas Cowboys man. Like this is this is another game that the Butchers could should be able to steal. And this is the perfect time to be playing the Steelers. And if we see the Butchers that was fully loaded. You know, with with Mickey J, they had Kimbe Kearney. I don't even know that situation of what happened to that import, but he's no longer on the team. And then, you know, even on defensive side, not having Nico in that sets them back. Having all their receivers play both sides of the ball, that's just not going to work against the Steelers. It's not going to help them. It's just going to – it's harder to be successful. Even in the last game, they had a lot of drop passes, and I think it has to do with focus and playing both ways. But – like what uh Chris said at the beginning, I mean Ambrose might throw four or five touch interceptions, and that could keep the the butchers in the game. That could be the difference for them. I I don't like either one of these teams in this game. <laughs> I wanna I wanna how how would it be possible to fast forward like three weeks in the season when the teams know what they want to do? If this is one of those games, like even for Pick'em this week, it's gonna be tough because we don't know what to expect from the Steelers or the Butchers in this one. Like, I I couldn't tell you what either one of them is going to be able to do well outside of both having good defensive line play. That's it. An uh, interesting aspect about this one, I think the Butchers are the home team. That's interesting. Quopio gets to travel. Um you for some reason when Quopio's played in Quopio, like that field seems to be like slick or wet. Maybe it rained in the last game they played, right? But and then the game before yeah. that the game before that, I don't think it was wet, but it just I don't think people like playing on that grass in general. So the butcher's playing mm-hmm. at home, they've been playing at that turf field, but I think now it's middle of June, they might go back to their regular grass field. So it should look something like the Steelers field. Or I don't know. Maybe Porvu and Quopio grass is different. You know, maybe they got that uh Bermuda Kush grass out there in Porvoo compared to what they have in Quopio. I don't know. But that's about the most interesting thing about this game is we don't know who's going, what two teams are going to show up. And we just hope that they play on a good grass field. Okay. So last game is the UNC Crusaders versus City Crocodiles. This will be the game, quote unquote game of the week, which again, Crusaders got the talent, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, Storyline for this one, I think this is very accurate, is how much more can R.J. Long do for this team? Like, I don't know what else he can do outside of playing quarterback his damn self to put this team in a position to win a game. Because he's already playing receiver and defensive back, averaging, what, two interceptions a game? He's played two games of the DB and got four interceptions. He's well on his way to another eight to ten interception season. And he's also catching one-handed passes and scoring touchdowns on, on offense whenever the quarterback can actually get the ball to him. And he's going to have to do that twice as well against the Crocodiles team that is going to be able to guard them at every position on the field. There's, they don't have a, an advantage outside of that person named RJ Long against the Crocodiles. So, and I think the Crocodiles defensive line is going to be much better than what they just played against. So, they're definitely Ooh. in trouble. So, that's my question is how much more can RJ
2: Long do? Uh, key matchup? I got I got one. Go forward. for it. So, my key matchup is going to be the Crusaders offensive line against the Crocodiles defensive line because we've seen so far from this season that UNC offensive line is not up to scratch. And they're, as you just said, they're playing a real good front seven here in the Crocodiles. And their defensive line eats. So it's going to be a tough day at the office for this UNC Crusaders offensive line. But if they can give him the time, you know, maybe they get RJ to ball a bit more. Because the QB is struggling to find him at the moment. And he's having to make circus catches when the ball is coming to him. Like, the catch he caught this week in the end zone for a touchdown was ridiculous. But they that that matchup is so key because they, he needs time. And when, the, when they're in the backfield stopping the run game as well, it's just it's so difficult for them. So, that's going to be a real key matchup for this week.
1: I'm trying to look it up, but I can't remember. But the Crocodiles are are continually adding to their defensive line because I just noticed in this last game that they played uh, – what was that guy's name that played? Um, his name is like checking or kicking or something like that. From yeah. The, uh, he used to play for the Royals. The Royals like, before, yeah. Is yeah, it Thomas is it Thomas? Yeah, Chicken? it's Thomas. That's the name. Thomas mm-hmm. checking. Yeah, I, I remember seeing the last name of the jersey. Like, hold on. Is that who I think it is? And yeah, it was in this game. If that guy is also playing on their defense line, like they're stacked. Like I saw in this last game that the, the Crocodiles were playing, they were rotating their defense alignment. Like, they didn't always have to have Zach, Zins, I mean, Zins and um, Watson in at the same time. They had those three guys rotating with other guys on their defensive line and not to like get too into it, but that's scary. Like mm-hmm. when you can have Elijah Watson take a couple plays off and then come in on third down, rest it, not gassed at all, or or have Zins come in later, rest it. Same thing with Philip Zakik. And then Elijah plays both inside and out- outside. Actually, all of them I've seen play inside and outside on D line. So you can you can exploit any matchup you want to. And then they add somebody like checking who he's a legitimate, you know, top tier defensive lineman on the interior. So that gives you the, the ability to move other pieces around and still get home and hold and stop the run or, you know, get pressure against the pass. I don't know what UNC plans to do because that, that five foot 10 quarterback they got that I don't know what who doesn't run. I don't know what he, what you're going to do with him against this group. Like right? this is going to be dangerous. Uh, Interesting aspect, this is the game. Interesting aspect, this is the game I get another 50-burger this season. This is the game. I believe that the Crusaders' defense has nothing for the Crocodiles. Nothing. And Christian Powell rushes for 150, maybe even 200. Sarkala catches two tubs. Whitehead might even run a touchdown. Am I I up to 50? I don't know. However many, you got to score seven touchdowns. Actually, no, they only have to score like six Mm -hmm. because they can still kick two or three field goals. And it doesn't matter who's kicking. It could be Ed to Eminem, or it could be Yane Sarkala. They got option. I think Sarkala put in like a 30 or 40 yard in the last game. So they'll be fine either way. But I do want 50 points, Crocodiles. I would love to see a 50-burger. I think we've only had one so far this season, and that was just the Helsinki Derby. So if we can get a 50 burger, that'd be great. And I'm gonna do them. Okay, so going into our weekend picks, I did not update this, so I just add two to everybody. If <laughs> <'Cause> we all <laughs> pick the same picks, in first place is Chris Green at 10 and one, tied for second. Is perfect. Spencer and Coach Q at nine and two, and then Swami would be six and two, and everybody else is everybody else. Don't worry about them; they're not putting it online here on the show. So <laughs> picking is is not easy. So we actually going to talk about our picks this week um, and see why we picked who we picked, but I think that we're all going to be pretty similar this week. You can catch our picks on Instagram at American Football Finland, and you can make comments on there about who you like and who you don't like. Coach Q, who you got? Royals, Wolverines, Butcher Steelers, Crusaders, Crocs. Who you got and why?
0: I'm going Royals. I'm going Royals because I think Alpha would just go crazy in this game, and the Wolverines just don't really have depth or don't really have much organized as far as trying to have a strategy to win the game. So I'm going Royals. I think Timothy them just uh, Timothy would just be too good. He'll play too great um, for what the Wolverines have. So I'm going Royals. Uh, Butchers, you said Butchers and who? Butchers and Steelers. Steelers. Butchers and Steelers. Um, I'm gonna go with the Steelers, um, even if it's a close game. I think the Steelers still find a way to kind of win, close it out. Uh, even though Ambrose having his woes, I think he can also throw three touchdowns too against them and three picks and still win. Um, and lastly. You say Crusaders and... Dragonals. I'm going Crocs. I'm going Crocs until the Crusaders make a change on offense. So I'm going Crocs. I just think if the same quarterback is there, the same stuff is going to happen. And um, it just sucks because I really want to go for UNC more, but I just can't yeah. do that. I don't have the confidence in that quarterback like that. But the Crocs are showing me exactly who they are and what they can do. So i would be a fool to go against them.
1: A fool. But if they were the Steelers, you would still be able to go against them. Yeah, yeah. I'll <laughs> what about you, Chris? <laughs> Who you got and why?
2: So, Royals, Wolverines. I'm going Royals. I think that Alpha's going to work that secondary. I don't, the Wolverines got a chance. I think Timothy's going to pick them apart, and I don't think the Wolverines have, have got any shot, any shout, really, of doing anything. I hope my boy Kev gets some more catches and he gets some work. But in terms of the game, I, I just I can't see the Wolverines competing in this one. Hey, I, I think this could easily be a 50-burger. This game could be a 50-burger. You think the it Royals could would be. put up 50? I think
1: they could. I'm not I don't saying think, they will. I don't think they I'm have the dog mentality. I think it it takes something to put up 50 on somebody. Like, you got to be like, you know what? Forget them and who they came with. Like, because once you get, like, 30-something points, that's when everybody starts putting in the backup, slowing it down. Nah, you got to be like, nah, F that. I don't think they had that mentality out there in Walsam. I like what they're doing, but, you know. They probably start taking photos or something if they get up
2: by three or four touchdowns. <laughs> taking good pictures in them blue unis.
1: Yeah, taking good, good pictures. I just, I don't I don't think they got the dog in them. I, I haven't seen it anyways. I mean, if you're going to do it, this would be the game to do it, though. I agree with that. Like, this would be the game to put up 50 when you're playing the worst team in the league. What about that last game, Crocs and UNC? Uh,
2: um, hang on. We missed one. We missed one. Oh, butchers, this, and, uh, butchers and Eaters. Keep forgetting about those guys. Yeah. So, uh, easy to forget about the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh, <laughs> Steelers and Butchers, I am still going to back the Steelers. I think they have a better scheme. I think they've got better players, even though they don't have reason over anymore. I still feel that they are they match up better mm-hmm. than what the Butchers can offer. I think it will be a close game still, like a one-two score game. But I think the Steelers will prevail in the end because I think their defense is just too strong still. Even without reason over on offense, I think their defense just helps them carry, carry through games right now. And then finally, the last game. Well, obviously the Crocodiles are going to win this one. And like you said, it could easily be a 50 burger. I can't see. I'm really disappointed this season with quarterback play overall, but it's just, it's just so difficult with, with the QB play not being great for teams to, to be, to do well. And what you need, in, if you haven't got a great quarterback play is a good running back. Um, what the crocodiles have, they got CP fifty. Mm-hmm. So, like you say, CP fifteen is going to rush all over them. The defense isn't good enough in UNC f- to stop him. He's going to get at least a buck, a buck fifty, and he's he going to run all over them. And hey, maybe they do put up fifty points as well. Maybe there's two fifty burgers this week. But yeah, I'm going Crocs.
1: Mm. I mean, I think it's clean, sweet, Royal Steelers Crocs. Uh, Royal's going to win. I feel I feel good about the Royals. I feel like they're, they they're Unlike the steel, uh, not the Steelers, but actually uh, unlike the Steelers and the Butchers, I feel like I know what I'm going to get from the Royals, and that that comforts me, knowing that, you know, Timothy is going to do his thing. Uh He's proven to probably be the best quarterback in the league this year after a very bad first game, but he's been nothing but good since. Uh, Alpha's going to show out like he always does. I can rely on that. Their defense is good. It's not great, but it's good. Their defensive line is good enough. They can get things done. They have some young talent in the secondary and linebacker positions, but enough veterans that they'll, you know, be able to beat this team of all teams. But I don't know if they'll put up 50 on them. They'll definitely be able to beat them, but it's going to be good to see them, you know, work the way they want to. Then the Steelers, Butchers, I think like what you said, Chris, like this is going to be a closer game than it should be. Again, if Ambrose throws four picks. Yeah, it's going to be super close, but I don't think he'll throw that many in this game. I just, I don't think the butcher's defense gives you that kind of opportunity. I think that if he throws it deep, the person will actually be open instead of, you know, him just throwing it up. Like, I don't think that they're going to be able to put that kind of pressure on him in this game. I think that they'll come with a better game plan so that they don't, he doesn't have to just throw it deep. Like, I don't think he'll be pressured into throwing it deep, if that makes sense. And then yeah, the crocodile's gonna put up 50 because I asked. I asked for if I ask for something, you have to give it to me. That's how this podcast works. (laughs) So, crocodiles, I asked for a 50 burger. I'm gonna need all them points. And I'm okay if you kick like eight field goals to do it too. I'm that's 24, and then you just score three or four touchdowns. Like, I'm cool with that. I'm I'm okay with however you want to do it. Um, you know what? If y'all want to go in there and block a, a punt and get a safety or something, I'm cool with that, too. <laughs> intercept, Boy, the like extra, yeah, intercept the extra point and take it back for two, if that's possible. I know there's some way that you can do that. I don't care how you do it. Just give me fitty. I need that fitty burger. <laughs> but yeah, that's the picks. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFL community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. T-I-F And never forget T-I-F That's it for this episode of American Football in Finland. Hope it was worth the listen. Any last words before we get out of here, guys? No. Let's see what happens.
2: Hey, all I'm going to say is uh, I'm going to repeat what I said earlier. The quarterback play needs to be better. QBs this week, show me something. Please. Apart from (laughs) Timothy. Timothy, you good. But the rest of you, show me something. You
1: yeah, know? he said it. Yeah, that's, that's accurate. If you enjoy the show, please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to rate us five stars as well. Anything less tells us you are a hater. You can follow us on the gram and Facebook at American Football in Finland. Until next time, never forget T-I-F.
2: G- we go. We go.
0: American football in Finland.